Good morning. Please let my words speak for you. As I take a deep breath in, breathing in joy, and I release love. Breathing in love. and releasing peace. Bring myself into this one place in this one precious moment. Letting go of anything that has come before and anything that will come after. Knowing that I am and each one listening to me is perfect manifestation of the one source, living, breathing, unique, and so vital in this world. And on this beautiful morning that God has made, I I pause to say thank you. Thank you, God, for the day. Thank you, God, for all of the blessings that come my way each day. I allow a sense of peace to surround and fill me as I open my heart, I open my mind, I open my soul. And I prepare to listen as Reverend Diana talks to us about peace. And so with joyful anticipation and deep gratitude, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. So nice to see you out on this sunshiny morning. We're going to begin our Teze this morning by joining our voices, dropping down, down, down into our deepest mystic heart. Thank you. 
today. I'm Reverend Diana Johnson, spiritual director, pastor for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. And if you're joining us online, we also welcome you here this morning. We begin our Teze on this, the first day of, uh, this is the Lunar New Year today. Lunar New Year is the beginning of a lunar calendar uh, whose months are based on the moon cycles. So this is the year of the water rabbit, which is why our rabbit is joining us this morning. So take into your contemplation this morning, the year of the rabbit represents peaceful, patient energy. That's what we're all being called to, right? Peaceful, patient energy. The water element suggests tapping into our inner wisdom and trusting our instincts. So together, water and rabbit indicate focusing on relationship, diplomacy, and building bridges in both professional and personal relationships. So this is 2023, according to the lunar horoscope. Interesting that we are looking at peace in the world this morning. So we move more deeply into our meditative journey, allowing eyes to gently close if you're comfortable doing so, or just resting your gaze 
and taking a nice slow deep breath in. Filling your cells with the energy that is coming in on the breath. Take a moment to decide, is there anything that you wish to leave at the door this morning before continuing on our journey? And is there any intention that you wish to bring into our time together this morning? So take another nice deep breath in, fully arriving as we exhale. And then calling in the light in every breath. Noticing the space or the still point between the inhale and the exhale. And then letting go, sending that light back out into the world. And now calling in, calling in the goodness. And releasing that goodness back into the world. Surrendering to the unconditional love and light of spirit. Deeply rooted in this moment and entering into sacred practice. Using the power of inner vision, we picture a vast web of consciousness surrounding and infusing the entire earth. We see and feel ourselves to be a point of radiant light in that web, a place where spirit takes form. and feeling the light that you are radiating from deep within you. And now expanding our awareness, we sense that same light is shining in and from every human. As we fine-tune our awareness, we acknowledge that every creature is an expression of light, a point of divine expression. Every plant, every rock and pebble and grain of sand is alive and radiant with spirit. We're awakening to the life that exists in the soil and the water, in the clouds and the heavenly bodies. And all of it shines with one light, with one life. We feel our inherent interconnectedness. We acknowledge our personal responsibility and our role as caretakers 
in sacred service to one another, to all life forms, and to the sacred Mother Earth. Grounded in our oneness, we consciously sense and feel our rootedness, and we explore what it means to awaken peace in the world. In recent weeks, we have explored tools for awakening peace in our body, our mind, our speech, and our heart. We've joined in practice to free us from the past and to make peace with the future, all for the purpose of rooting ourselves in spirit. Unless we are grounded and open to divine guidance, spiritual nourishment cannot reach us. We have heard it said that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Spiritual teacher Craig Hamilton says it another way. The only way for God to show up as peace in the world is through humankind through people choosing to step out of their comfort zones and grow spiritually. But which humans? He suggests that if you are taking part in a community like this, it may be up to you, up to us and others like us. He asks, if not you, then who? And he invites us to consider, is there anything else that is more important right now to the future of humanity and to the world? This morning we take this time out of our lives to sit together, breathing peace, flowing peace, creating peace. And we do this by being peace. Seven thousand years ago in ancient Egypt, there was a belief and a practice that when a person died, their heart would be weighed by the god Anubis. The heart of the deceased would be placed on a scale. On the other side of the scale was a feather of truth. If the heart was heavier than the feather, that being would not make it into the afterlife. If their heart was so light that it knew only peace, then they would be permitted to enter the land of the two fields a place of joy, happiness, and complete peace. This was a place where the people would meet their loved ones that had died before them. Thousands of years later, this basic understanding remains. The state of the heart holds the secret to this life. It determines how we live, and how we die.
In 600 BCE, the Buddha codified a way for us to keep our hearts lighter than a feather, to truly dwell in each moment in peace, in a state of benevolence toward all living things, to have joy at others' success, to behave with compassion and sympathy for the afflicted and for those we have issues with. In the Buddhist tradition, these teachings are referred to as the divine abodes, holy places to live or dwell. The divine abodes are four states of being. unconditional loving-kindness, compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. We're encouraged to embody and live from these states in every moment and they can be cultivated through practice. As we begin our practice together, let's come to a deeper understanding of each of these states, each of these abodes. Unconditional loving kindness begins with loving yourself unconditionally without self-criticism or judgment so that you can love others purely. As we practice loving kindness in all of our affairs, bringing peace to our words, thoughts, and deeds, we find that any grievances we may have are dissipating. The second state or abode is true compassion. The antidote to pain and the seed of peace. There is a wide spectrum of compassion. Beginning on one end with pity, a feeling of discomfort at the distress of another. With pity, we don't see the other as our equal. <coughs> Moving along the spectrum is sympathy, which is the ability to take part in someone else's feelings, mostly by feeling sorrowful about their misfortune. Continuing still further along the spectrum is empathy. The ability to truly understand other people's feelings as if we were having them ourselves. And moving even further along is a feeling of empathetic care and concern accompanied by a wish to see a person better off or happier. 
and at the far opposite end from pity on the spectrum of compassion is the purest description of compassion. Actually feeling another's pain, wanting their suffering to end, being willing to bear the burden, and perhaps helping in whatever way we can. How do we move ourselves from pity all the way to the other end of the compassion spectrum? According to Vietnamese teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, before we can be kind to another, we must be kind to ourselves. Before we can forgive others, we need to forgive ourselves. Before we can have compassion for others, we must have compassion for ourselves. The Christian teachings might call this having mercy with yourself so that you can practice mercy with others. Or giving yourself grace so that your support of others becomes graceful. Coming back to the divine abodes, after true compassion, we find empathetic joy. This is the true excitement at someone else's good fortune or success, even if you don't like the person. With empathetic joy, we celebrate all victories because every victory uplifts the world. Take a moment to call to mind a recent victory in your life. Some kind of a win or a success. How did you feel? Now think about a friend or loved one who has recently experienced a success and feel the same emotions you had for yourself bubbling up inside you for another. Feel gratitude for their happiness. This is empathetic joy. The fourth divine abode is equanimity, even-mindedness. This is being balanced, serene, tranquil, and treating people impartially. Equanimity doesn't mean you don't care. Rather, it is the unshakable freedom of mind to maintain an underlying peace, even as you're experiencing anger or shame or blame or judgment building up inside of you. It is to be unwavering in the face of gain and loss, 
in the face of honor and dishonor, praise and blame, happiness and sorrow. True empathetic care acknowledges that all of us in every moment are dealing with some degree of each of these. Equanimity says that you can be unwavering in the face of any of them. It is a sense of freedom from all points of self-reference. It is an indifference to the demands of the ego. Equanimity is the power of the present moment, the ability to be the calm amidst the storm. It is the practice of not getting pulled into the drama. Ancient Hebrew and Christian teachings tell us much the same things. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In other words, a loving presence or the Christ consciousness within does not hold grudges. Its nature is to respond to us by corresponding in kind. Whatever we sow is what we will reap. Its forgiveness is that as we begin to sow a better quality of seed, our lives become more graceful. Where compassion is concerned, Peter shared the teachings of the Master Yeshua. He said, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. In the book of Romans, again from Paul, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. This is true empathy. In 1 Corinthians, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in Philippians, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And centuries before Paul and Peter, the Hebrew prophet Isaiah spoke this beautiful teaching. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. No matter what is happening, putting God first, making prayer your first response, will bring peace into your life. Through all times and in many cultures and religions, the way to bring peace to the world is by rooting ourselves in unconditional loving-kindness, compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity, and in something larger than ourselves.
What happens within us when we imagine world peace? We may start out with a lovely vision, but then often our minds dredge up images and news reports that erode our image and our faith. We hear of wars raging around the world, violence and social injustice in our own land. Peace begins to feel like an impossible dream, and we feel insignificant, not up to such a daunting task. So where do we begin our quest for world peace? How do we transcend centuries of hatred and conflict? What can you and I do right where we are and with what we have that could possibly make a difference? An ancient follower of Lao Tzu and Confucius provided a road map to guide us. If there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace in the nations. If there is to be peace in the nations, there must be peace in the cities. If there is to be peace in the cities, there must be peace between neighbors. If there is to be peace between neighbors, there must be peace in the home. If there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. We must remove our attention from conflict and spiral inward to our spiritual core, to the temple of our heart, the holy of holies where spirit has placed divine peace, the peace that passes human understanding. In this time of shared sacred silence, let us rediscover the divine peace within our own hearts and let it radiate from us, spiraling out to our home, our neighborhood, our towns, our country, and out to the whole world.
music gently guides our awareness back to this time and place, we remain centered in peace. We allow divine peace to flow out from us in every word, every gesture, every action. We make peace our primary motivation, our reference point from which to live. We respond with love. We release judgments. We remember that we are all the image and likeness of God. We become a peaceful presence wherever we go, a beacon of hope for the world. When we see souls in conflict, we wonder, what is it like to be you? We change the world one interaction at a time. The Rabbi Yeshua said, Peace be unto you. My peace I leave with you. The peace of the Christ dwells within each of us. It awaits only our recognition of it and our commitment to share it. With peaceful, receptive hearts, we welcome Reverend Diana's continuing words of inspiration. And as we practice peace together, we promote the growth of peace in our world. Let's continue to drop down even deeper into a practice that will begin to increase the amount of time that we spend rooted in peace. Practice is how we turn a state into a trait, a state of mind or a state of being into a character trait that embodies itself in us. So take a long, slow, deep breath in and gently release. Stay in this space together, watching the breath as it silently moves in and out. Noticing that the mind is calming, the body is relaxing. Nowhere to be, nothing to do but to be here in this sacred and precious present moment. Notice the swirl outside of you, slowing down a little bit. The busyness inside of you, coming to rest. On your next inhale, breathe in love and let it come into your heart. And then send it out to all of your teachers, both conventional and unconventional teachers. Any person, animal, or circumstance that has been one of your teachers. Now take another long, slow, deep breath in 
the heart expanding with kindness. And flow it out to all of your loved ones, near and far and in the beyond. Now again, breathing in, heart expanding. And then flow that unconditional love and kindness to all your friends. Now one more deep breath in, letting your lungs fill, feeling your heart expand. And breathe out love to all your acquaintances, those in your awareness and those behind the scenes that make your life possible. Breathe loving kindness to those who grow and ship your food, those who sew your clothing, those who built your house, who maintain the roads you drive on. Now take another deep breath in, the heart expanding with love, and send it out to someone for whom you may be holding a grudge. Remember, this is sending loving kindness. This isn't not necessarily forgiveness in this moment, but it's just that that's who you are. You're a conduit for love, and you have so much love to share, and it must be shared out in all directions. Deep breath in, feel your heart expand. And flow that love and kindness out to all sentient beings. You are a river of love energy. You're a channel of healing for the world. Now call to mind someone who may be struggling in this moment. Make eye contact with them. And as you breathe in, feel your heart expand and send that love out to this beloved from your heart to theirs as healing light Breathing in kindness 
and flowing that kindness from your heart to theirs. Breathing in compassion and sending it out to connect your heart to theirs. Now breathe in, maintaining eye contact, and bow to one another. Feel the healing. And finally, calling to mind all of your friends and family, those who love you and see them encircling you with their love and support. Rooting for you, feeling joy at your success. Wanting your pain and suffering to end. Encouraging your growth as you walk your life's path. You take a moment now to bow and look into each set of eyes, moving around the circle. And you receive their bows in return. There is a great circle of love that carries you every day. Receive the love. Appreciate it. Give thanks for it. This is what it's like to live in the four abodes. Every day in any moment that you choose to remember. Let it be so. And so it is. Amen. And so coming back to this space, sensing our bodies, gently opening our eyes and our hearts, taking a look at who is here with us today, celebrating with us, serving as some of those in our circle who love and support us. These are some of the people who care about you, who are there for you when you need something. So let that be so. And so it is. Amen. So as we close our Teze meditation, we offer an opportunity for you to share of your financial good in support of the work that we do in the world. If you're joining us online, you can find a donate button and an address at mysticheart.org. And we thank you in advance for every gift offered to our community. So we feature another very short little video today as we do our offering from Farmer's Footprint. So enjoy. This is convenience 
and be willing with Molly Engelhart. Humanity's desire for convenience is pushing the food system to where it is. And we have to give up our desire for everything to be cheaper, faster, and easier. We have to be willing to cut the butternut squash ourselves and not just get it wrapped in plastic in saran wrap with an organic sticker on it and feel like we did our part. And so it is a massive amount of work to grow food. But I think that if we all grew a little bit of food and we had that relationship to it, we would honor it more. I'm willing to throw my hat over the fence and say, I'm gonna learn to fly on the way down. And we don't raise our women to be like that. We raise women to think that they need to be perfect. And what I have to say to you is you don't need to be perfect. Farming is failing and it's public failing. People drive by like, what is she doing growing hops in Southern California? It's publicly people, when I make mistakes, it's all out here in the field with the road to drive by and that's okay. Yep, I tried that and it didn't work. Experiments on the farm. And so be willing, be willing to look not great and be willing to fail and be willing to ask for help. It does not make us weaker to ask for help. So we say a, a blessing. We say thank you. We offer our gratitude for every gift given today. Every form that it takes is appreciated. And so as you move on your way today, you're invited to either uh, check out our new coffee pot at the back of the other room. It's going to be in one place now, our commercial grade coffee pot. And come back at 1030 if you'd like or enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, we wish you a beautiful Sunday. soul always find what it's looking for may your heart always lead the way may you live in peace and harmony and may love always fill your day may your path be strewn with happiness may success find you everywhere always embrace compassion and grace and may God always answer your prayer may you always embrace compassion and grace and may God always answer your prayer we love you thank you Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning to my Mystic Heart family, whether in the room, in the Zoom room, on Facebook, or listening to us later. I am so glad to be with you once again.
taking a deep breath and releasing breathing in love breathing out peace breathing in love breathing out peace and allowing myself and each one here to be filled with that sense of peace please let my words speak for you as I say I know there is one source for everything that I see touch do feel and joyfully I know that each and every one of us is a unique beautiful manifestation of that I accept the joy and the love that come to me through that and in that state I open my heart I open my mind I open my soul as I prepare to listen to Diana and everyone talking about peace with deep gratitude I say thank you Father Mother God and so it is Amen Thank you Lucinda always such a joyful and heartfelt and sacred creation of space for us so let's well I guess I'll say good morning <laughs> to those who came in in the in-between uh, point. My name is Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. So welcome home. Welcome home to your own heart because that's where we hope to guide you to find your answers. So if you'd like to stand, dance, move, talk, yell out, whatever, at any time during this service, it's perfectly fine. So let's join our voices together and get moving. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part. Make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible through so prayer. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Alright, I'm finding myself waking up a little after that meditation. Get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Everybody, get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded who we've come to be. We are love, we are one, one big family. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah.
as we come into practice together this morning. <sighs> I invite you to feel the presence of the divine in your body. Whatever form that takes for you, whether it's a, a movement, a vibration, a warmth, a tingling, just notice how life energy, how spirit moves in and through your body. Love energy filling you up, hands and arms coming alive with that presence. Feet and legs, feeling the energy coming up from the earth through your, through your feet, just filling you up so that you really are feeling alive. Feeling the heart center expanding and embodying the divine connection as we enter into our sacred ritual this morning. Feeling the power of creation moving you as together we hold our vision for a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace and joy and abundance, generosity and freedom justice. These are the, the living principles by which we live our lives. Where all humans practice loving kindness and compassion, honoring and caring for our beautiful planet as they care for their own home. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food and medical care and education, a warm and comfortable home 
healthy relationships and right livelihood. Creative contribution and a deep sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued for their inherent goodness and light. Where the peace that we cultivate within ourselves shows up around us in our world as a world free of violence and free of hatred. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where each of us knows absolute abundance in just having enough. Where every being deserves and receives all that is necessary for a full, rich, contented life. In this new world of our creation, every member of the human family serves as a caring and conscious vessel through which goodness and love can flow. By the power of our collective intention, we craft a new template. We create a new way of living on the earth. We will not lower our vision until we have seen it come to fruition. Knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible but inevitable, we take the necessary steps towards its creation. We align our actions to support and nurture the graceful unfolding of this new world. With complete faith that Spirit is bringing it forth right here and now, into form and into experience. We just give thanks. We see it, we feel it, we know it as done. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Ah, waking up, waking up. We did some really nice meditation a little bit ago, and I found myself falling into it myself as it was guiding. So we're going to have a conscious conversation this morning. And I want to just bring us uh, up to where we are in the month, setting a little bit of context, because people sometimes attend one week and not another, and may or may not check in online to see what we've been up to. So I try to do just enough of a recap to, to help us set a context. And our theme all month has been rooted, rooted in spirit. So what does that mean to you? I'm curious. I've been talking all month about being rooted. What does that, what's it mean to you? What's it feel like? What's it look like? What form does it, what it, you know, what, 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 what? It's the place that I live from. Okay, the place that I live from. So then you could be rooted in many different, any, you know, any different. All good. All, oh, you're all good. <laughs> but the potential is there for us to root in other things, yes, right? Yes, Okay. Rooted in consciousness. Rooted in consciousness? What's consciousness? That is, <laughs> that is, that is what is. That is what that is. That is, is, what is. That is all. That is it. All right. Rooted in what's happening now. <laughs> okay. Grounded. Okay, grounded. Mm -hmm. Grounded. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Connected to your source. Connected to your source. Convicted in your own beliefs. Convicted in your own beliefs. Nice. Like, uh, natural state. My natural state. My natural Being state. Rooted. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Being rooted in the source within. Being rooted in the source within. Barbara? When I'm seeing roots, I'm picturing what I bring up forth and up and through. And so where I find nourishment and growth is okay. my thought. All right. So where I find nourishment and growth is the place that I'm rooted. Mm -hmm. Nice. Comfort. It's okay. Uh, Chris and then Doreen. Uh, rooted in a peaceful presence to allow the nourishment okay. to come forth. Rooted in a peaceful presence so that the nourishment can reach us. Okay. Comfort and love. Comfort and love. This all feels so good. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Rooted in knowing that every breath that we take is love. All right. Rooted in knowing that every breath that we take is love. That certainly would flow peace back out into the world, wouldn't it? So what kinds of practices have we done here together this month to help us maintain our sense of rootedness? When we gathered and did our conscious crafts that Ellie, I can't remember. The okay, praying in color. Praying yeah, in color. that was that was beautiful. Using artistic media as prayer. I love those too. Yeah. Being reminded what we forgot. Okay, being reminded what we forgot. Good. Anybody recall anything we've done here on Sundays? That's what I'm talking about. Being reminded what we forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually meditating and sitting with that calm, still place within. Yeah, we've done a lot of meditation together, communal meditation this month, and sitting with that source, with that presence, and with one another as one. So the, the types of meditations, we started uh, the month with the body scan to bring peace to the body. And then we looked at the space between breaths, mm -hmm. the space between heartbeats, the space between thoughts to bring peace to the mind. We contemplated speech, mm -hmm. and whether the things that were about to come out of our mouths were what? Loving. Truth. Truth. Kindness. Loving. Kindness. Necessary. Necessary. Improve upon the silence. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that one. If too. I really think about that, is what my mouth is going to say, does that improve upon this silence right now? Or is it better to just leave it silent? It's so hard to be silent. <laughs> it's so hard to be silent. <laughs> that, that awkward space of silence sometimes, mm -hmm. trying to find that piece of that. 
and not having to feel it. Really realizing right. you don't have to feel it because it's like kind of like oh, you know. Right. That's so hard. Yeah, and I think the more we become um, individually used to silence, taking time for sitting still and meditation and prayer and art and whatever our si what form our silence takes. We get more and more comfortable with them being silent with others. So it's a practice. Being silent is a practice too. Let's see, we had to make, not had to, but we practiced making peace. Oh, how could I forget? Peace with the heart. We did the um, infinite breath practice for that one. And then we used uh, a, a Hawaiian practice. Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono. And that was for what purpose? To make peace with what? Ourselves and others. Ourselves and everything. others. Everything. everything. Specifically, we applied that to the past. Mm -hmm. So everything, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then made peace through practice with the future. But that demanded that we let go of something. What was that thing? Attachments. Expectations, attachments. There's a C word. Outcomes. We don't even want to say the C word. Control. We have to let go of control to make peace with the future. Yeah. So this morning during Teze, we practiced, um, this comes from Buddhist tradition, but it also, it lives in many traditions. But from the Buddhist tradition, it's called living in the divine abodes, living in four states of being, which were unconditional loving kindness, true compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. So if you weren't here, again, you could take a peek, see what we did. But for the focus of our conversation, I want to bring two more practices in that we didn't actually talk about in Teze that would go a long way toward bringing peace to the world. And those two practices are humility and gratitude. So I'm going to start by throwing that word back out there. Humility, what does it mean to you? Grounded, okay. Non-judgment. Non-judgment. Mm -hmm. Truly loving yourself without being full of yourself. Okay, truly loving yourself without being full of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not no thinking ego. you're... <laughs> no ego? Th not thinking you're better than somebody else and looking down on them. Okay. So not looking down on others, thinking you're better than. What's the root from humility? I mean, what does it mean, the human part? Humanity, the human nature. Okay, shares a common root with humanity. What's that? Earth. Earth, there you go, yeah. So of the earth. So when we are humble, we recognize that we are on an even plane with all else, all others. We are of the earth. We are part of life, just part of life. 
not necessarily the pinnacle of life. I've heard um, Joel Goldsmith, a mystic and teacher, talks about humility as the true embodiment <coughs> of the idea that I of myself can do nothing, that it is the God or the Spirit within me that does the work no matter what the work is. So without spirit, without the life force within me, I'm just a bag of bones and meat. <laughs> meat. <laughs> Who said meat sack? Someone calls it a meat sack. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. So does having humility place us below others? No. No. Does it place us above others? No. no. It recognizes our equality in the eyes of God. No matter who we're looking at, equality, all, all humans, all beings, equal in the eyes of God, all creations of the divine, all perfect expressions. It encourages us to know our own spiritual authority. What do you suppose that is, spiritual authority? Being able to know that you can speak things into existence okay. because of who you are. Knowing that, that you have the ability, the ability to, to speak things into existence. Okay. Spirit, <coughs> Spirit tells me that I'm loved, mm -hmm. and so I live, live through that. Okay. That, that affects how I relate to others. So Spirit says, you know, you are, you are beloved. You are loved. And so all that I do comes from that place of deep spiritual love instead of from my ego. Chris and then Bob. Uh, spiritual authority is also being who you were created to be. I mean, each okay. of us has... I think a divine calling, and when we're in alignment with that, then um, that's when our spiritual authority shines. Okay, so being who we're here to be, being authentic in that. Bob? Being non-judgmental. Being non-judgmental, that certainly plays a part, doesn't it? I think spiritual authority means that if we pray, when we pray, that we actually expect. There you go. Effect. So Vers versus some sort of oh, I hope maybe if possible, right? Could you, you know that yes. kind of prayer, which I think is relatively ineffective. So we recognize that our word, our prayer, our deep heartfelt desire, whatever form our prayer takes, is powerful, and we know that, and we accept it. And we expect it to have an effect in the world. When we stand together in community and pray in a love-soaked world, we know it's happening. We not, might not see it in the newspaper yet, but we know it's happening. And we fully expect it to take form in God's perfect time, God's I also, perfect I also way. Think that a lot of times what we see in the news 
does not reflect what's actually happening. That's so true. So true. I mean, you, you think about you think about all the <coughs> drama that is being presented, and yes. you walk around with your neighbors, and that's not happening. Right. Right. There is an image being put out there. Subliminal. Oh, it's a lot of subliminal stuff too. That's true. So having humility, standing in our spiritual authority, also says that we must grant that same spiritual authority to everyone, right? Because we're not the only ones that have our, you know, sovereignty. Right. Sovereignty. Each person. What's false humility? Your ego. Okay. Really dominating over your spirit. Okay, ego dominating over spirit. Speaking things to yourself that aren't true, that make, that make you seem weak or ineffectual. Mm. Or Playing small. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. There's a certain amount of condescension that happens. Certain amount of condescension. Not letting our light shine completely. Not letting our light shine completely. Yeah. Maybe pretending to be humble. Mm -hmm. Because it somehow lifts us above others, if we're so humble. Yuck. <laughs> I agree. Yuck. Plus, that's pretty transparent. You're not getting away with it. Right. You're only fooling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say playing small in a way that lets everyone know that you're really not small. Okay, playing small mm. in a way that lets everyone know you're really not we small. Call that manipulation. Manipulation, <laughs> yes. So false humility shows not up in a lot of ways. <laughs> shows up. I'm reminded of the story that Jesus told of the man who went in to uh, do his prayer, praying and he was basically congratulating himself in right. his prayer. Yes. And uh, all the while thinking that he was being humble. Right, yeah. I'm so humble. Watch me pray. Yeah. Yeah. So what does true humility demand of us? Honesty. Honesty. Kindness. Authenticity, Authenticity and kindness. Radical self-knowing. Radical self-knowing. You've got to know who you really are and where you really are in your journey and be loving and accepting about that. So if you're truly humble and you're in service to anything or anyone, humility sort of demands that you be not attached to the outcome of your service. The service is done in a pure, from a pure heart in a pure place and you don't have an attachment to what happens as a result. I want to say being open. Okay, being open. So if I'm being in service or anything, listening to what others are saying, hear what they're saying on all levels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really listening mm -hmm. to what others are speaking or, or even body language or... And getting out of the way as I'm listening. <laughs> getting myself out of the way. I had a pastor who used to say, Basically, your job is just to show up. Right. So there's uh, basically no expectation. Yeah. Showing up with my 
myself, and that's all that we're going to present. Such a showing up. Resting in the Lord. To me, that relates to humility. Just resting in God and allowing all that's unfolding to unfold in its own natural way and in divine order and not getting in the way, as you were saying, staying out of the way, just showing up. So if every person on the planet practiced humility, how would this contribute to peace in the world? It wouldn't be peace. <laughs> it would be peace. That's a great definition for peace in the world. No egos running amok. No egos running amok. That's part of what we envision, right? Everyone just being authentic, standing in their own authority, being who they're here to be, with no attachment to the outcomes of our, our service, our, you know, what we bring. Competition would disappear. Competition would disappear. And then that cooperation, creative cooperation, would be realized or be revealed. Yes, a cooperation would be revealed. It would, would just naturally unfold. People working together. I think there would be no, no borders. No borders. Yeah. Each person would be building others up to be the best they can be. Right. Without, when I mean, we talked about no competition, mm -hmm. but at the same time, building others up. Right. The best as they can be, no matter what our level is. Building others up. What does it take? What does it take as a quality within me to want to build others up? Compassion. Compassion, love, confidence, confidence, self-assuredness, faith. faith. Because if I'm afraid that building up another person is going to make me look smaller, or that that other person might pass me up somehow, or gain more recognition, or then I'm not likely to want to work to build other people up, right? If I'm afraid that I'm not up to the task of whatever it is I'm doing. So we have to work on our own internal sense of worth, our own sense of divinity and who we are and that we are a gift just like everyone else here is a gift. And I notice lots and lots of struggle around that in people in general, myself working with that, and other people. Chris? It's kind of like liberating ourselves from our own stories and liberating others from having to believe my stories. Okay, so liberating myself from my own stories and liberating others from having to believe my stories. <laughs> or meet my expectations. Right or meet my expectations. And part of the work that I was trained to do as a prayer practitioner and a minister is to listen deeply to the pain with compassion that people bring in, but to not buy into the story as the spiritual truth for that person. 
So to be able to sit in that equanimity of understanding, compassion, empathy, feeling the feelings with them, and all the while knowing that this is not the spiritual truth of who you are. Releasing their story. Right. Helping people to look within themselves to ask their own questions, to find their own solutions, to ultimately release and rewrite their own stories. Not to hook up into their drama. Not to hook up into the drama. So all of this is what would happen in a totally peaceful world, right? Yes, Chris. You talk about rewriting your stories, and that's, that's what spiritual authority means to me. Mm-hmm. It comes from the word author. Okay. You're authoring your, your Authoring path. your own, right. Okay. Authoring your life. Authoring your life. But in connection with that guidance and that wisdom within you, yeah, that, Holy that, Ghost that God within you, <laughs> Holy Ghost writer. <laughs> that's good, that's good, that's good. Okay, so we're going to shift now from humility. Time to leave humility. No, not really. <laughs> Don't really leave it. And move into gratitude. State of gratitude. What does that mean? Being thankful for everything that you... I'm thankful for who I am who I'm becoming, and everybody that's ever been in my life, good, bad, or indifferent. Because I wouldn't be here who I am now without that. So thankful for everything. Everything. Okay. Anything else you want to add to what gratitude is? Recognizing that it's it's all a gift. It's all a divine gift. Okay. So it's grace. Same root as grace. It's all grace. It's all blessing. Life is just nothing but blessing. It feels whole. It feels full. Gratitude. Yeah, whole and full. And gratitude is is the felt experience of that. And then thankfulness is how we take that and we offer it out. We express it into the world. And there's a complete cycle there. The feeling it, the expressing it, and allowing the other to feel it and express it. So just feeling it without ever saying or writing or expressing in whatever way is sort of an incomplete, it's not that it's bad or wrong, but it's an incomplete cycle. The cycle includes expressing that gratitude to God, to others, wherever you feel that the the thanks is being directed or offered. Does anybody here have a dedicated gratitude practice? Before I yeah. get out of bed. Okay. First first thing in the morning. Okay. Nice. Yes, ma'am. Also first thing in the morning. So how are you in your own life with expressing your gratitude on a regular basis? I tell everybody in my life that I'm really glad they're there and thank them. Good for you. Are you better with telling, not just you, are you better with with expressing to those who live in your household with you? Or are you better 
at expressing to those that maybe are outside of, of that tight circle? Do you find that there's one place that you remember more often or that you have an easier time or that it's pretty even across the board? There's definitely things you're, I, that I'm more grateful for. I, you know, things, that, mm -hmm. um, things that are uncomfortable, eventually I may come to be okay. thankful for them. But in the moment, a lot of times that's not the case. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. see the grace in the moment. If there's something difficult happening, it's hard to be thankful right then for that. What about the people in your lives? Are there some things that, that you express all the time gratitude for and others that you take for granted? Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> I'm standing up here when it's just me. Because <laughs> I forget. I forget the little, little things that just kind of automatically happen. Those are the things that I forget sometimes to say an active thank you. You know, the little automatic things that just sort of, it's part of the wheels turning, part of our life unfolding. We come to expect it, right? Yeah. So just drawing attention to that verbally saying thank you to a partner, to a child, to a neighbor, to someone who really, really makes your life easier. It's an important thing to remember to do. One of the things that I enjoy doing is, is like I'll be at the market, supermarket, and uh, um, I'll read the, the cashier's name badge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and as I'm leaving, so, okay, thanks a lot, Nick, you know, and, and they'd light up. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, you know, yeah. they're, they're invisible most of the time, you know, so. Yeah. All right. So what does gratitude demand of us? If we're going to, if we're going to practice that as a way of living, as a state of being, what does it demand of us? To be aware. To be aware. Pay attention. Present. Be present. Present moment. Consistency. Consistency. Mm. Yes. And faith. And faith. When it doesn't look like something you want to be thankful for. Ah, oh, yes. What is the gift that's in this for me right now? Thank you for this gift. Show me the gift. <laughs> Quick, show me the gift. <laughs> is there a hand over here? He got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I call it find the nuggets. <laughs> find the nuggets. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, and gratitude says, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Because none of us know what the next minute's going to bring, much less the next day or the next week or the next year. You know, gratitude is every breath. It's, it's every breath. It's every heartbeat. Lucinda. Well, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking gratitude is good, it's great, but we need to be aware, mm -hmm. I mean, to listen for the gratitude, to be aware of the gratitude, and to be aware of what we're saying when mm -hmm. we say are grateful, mm -hmm. when we say that we are grateful. And sometimes that also means other things like being willing and able to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because it's been my experience that if I express gratitude for something, for something all the time, 
I get more of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Thank you for the patience. <laughs> more opportunities to be patient. Yeah, good point. Being of, being in service was another one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for allowing me to be in service. Thank you for the service, and the service grows. So yeah, then you have to know where you to set. You have to be able to take care of yourself right. and say, okay, I can't do that right now. I'm right. not in that yes. place. This is mine to do now. This is not mine to do now. Exactly. And to be tuned into that, yeah. I noticed that I'm not a depressed person, thank you, God. But every once in a while, you know, you get a little down. And so mm -hmm. then I start saying, okay, what am I grateful for? And it's amazing. <laughs> you do that for a few minutes, and all of a sudden, you're not depressed anymore or down. Right. It really lifts your spirit when you're in gratitude. It does. That's why starting the day with some form of gratitude is so powerful. Ending the day is also very powerful before you go into sleep and allow yourself to be carried you know, that's a great act of surrender, so being grateful as you move into that surrendered state, allowing God to carry you through the night. So if every person practiced gratitude on a regular basis, how would that help peace in the world? Love-soaked world. Love-soaked world. Yeah. We'd know our interconnectedness because we'd be paying attention to the give and take, to the give and take all the time. But it would also give us, it would also help us recognize the value and the gifts of each other. Yes, it would help us to recognize the value and the gifts that we share with one another. Yes. Well, I uh, took to putting a picture I made in my bathroom that says cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I am smiling every time I see it in the morning. Yeah kind of remind you to right. be that, that you wish. And it takes that mindfulness that you were talking about to not let that sign on the wall blend into the background and just mm. become part of the atmosphere. Because sometimes when we do those things, it's easy to not actually, you know, see the sign that says, let all that you do be done in love every time you walk into the sanctuary. So it's mindfulness, too, coming back to that, to those reminders. So I've recently shifted my gratitude practice because I have had the same one for years and years, and it's a good one, but I was ready for, to shake it up a little bit. What I've been doing for years is five things that I'm grateful for written down first thing in the morning, but the, rule, the only rule is there are five new things every day, never repeating. So it eventually it just really opens you up to all the little tiny blessings and it's been really uh, good but I want to share with you what I've shifted to at this point so I'm going to invite you we're not going to do a whole journaling and all that thing but but just to go maybe into your inner space and I want to guide you through a couple of questions that for me are one nice way to draw attention in the mornings to, to gratitude. So let yourself settle a little bit. Take a couple of breaths just to kind of let everything we've been talking about move out. 
Maybe allow your eyes to gently close if you're comfortable doing that. Let yourself just settle and relax into the peace that is present in this moment. So looking through the lens of gratitude and expressing thanks, what is right in your life right now? What is right in your life right now? What are all the good things? What brings you comfort and joy? I'll move a little more quickly than I would in my morning practice, but invite you to take these with you. Looking through the same lens and giving thanks, who or what inspired you today? Or if you're doing this at night, you might say today, and if you're doing it in the morning, you might look at the day before. Who or what inspired you today or yesterday? And again, looking through the lens of thanksgiving, who or what brought you comfort today? And finally, giving thanks for who or what brought you joy today. So we close today by giving thanks. I am so grateful to know that there is one loving and lawful presence in and through all that is, expressing as all of creation. Thank you, Spirit, for your infallible nature, life unfolding in divine order. 
in spirit's perfect timing. I am so grateful to know that each one of us is a perfect and intentional expression of God, of source, of life. No accidents, here on purpose, with unique gifts to share. Isn't it good to know that as I bring my awareness back to source, rooting myself again and again in the truth of who I am, I grow in unconditional loving kindness. I grow in compassion, in empathy, in joy, in equanimity. As I commit to my practice, I grow in humility and gratitude. And it fills my heart and my mind. As I walk ever closer to my personal version of God, knowing that all paths are equal, all are perfect, and each of us is led home to the to the heart of love, to the heart of God. I give thanks for this beautiful morning and for each person joining us today. I'm so grateful for this precious time that we spend in communion and celebration. We are all so very blessed. And so grounded in presence and thankful for the many, many blessings of this and every day, I release my word, knowing that it plants seeds of kindness and compassion and generosity and peace in the world. I release it fully, trusting spirit to work its magic. I accept and receive and embody and so it is. So it is. Amen. <sighs> so, welcome back. So I highly recommend some formalized gratitude practice. There's actually research, lots of research now, that, that people are physically healthier, mentally, emotionally healthier, spiritually healthier when they practice a disciplined form of gratitude on a regular basis. It, it actually boosts your immune system, it sharpens your brain, it does all kinds of good things in your body. So I highly recommend it if you're not already. So as we prepare to close today, take some time and um, invite you to share of your financial good should you choose to do that today. And just know that we're grateful for all of the gifts that you bring, all of you, whether you're online or here in our, in our sanctuary. Before we do that, though, I'm going to give you one more invitation. So I would invite you to think about people who have really blessed your life, whether they're current people or people that you've known a long time, and sometime this week, pull out a little note card or a piece of paper and an actual, by goodness, pen. 
and write out a thank you to somebody. Whether it's a short handwritten thank you or a letter of thanks. And send it off in that thing they call snail mail. And make somebody's day. I invite you to consider doing that once a month or once a week and moving it around through all the people who bless your life because that's something that we don't receive very often anymore. So you might make that part of your gratitude practice. All right, now back to, back to. Um, as we move into this time of giving, we're, we'll hold in affirmation together uh, and know that this prayer, this blessing is really, it's truly heartfelt. So as I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. All right. Enjoy playing for change. Peace train. Good things to come, and I believe it could be something good has begun. Oh, I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world as one, and I believe it could be someday it's gonna come. Cause, Cause I'm on the edge of darkness, there rides the peace train. Oh, peace train, it takes this country. Come take me home again Now I've been smiling lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Peace train sounding louder Slide on the peace train Peace train. 
been crying lately Thinking about the world as it is Why must we go on hating? Why can't we live in bliss? some good energy. So standing right here and right now, I'm feeling such a feeling of deep peace, deep gratitude for each one here. Thank you. Thank you to each one for everything that you breathe the joy and the love and the laughter and the camaraderie, the togetherness that are that is family, the gifts of financial goodness, the gifts of any kind of service, and the gift of showing up each time. So I just say thank you. Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Now, before I turn this over to my sister, <laughs> I just want to say I am Lucinda, and I am available today for anyone who needs prayer. If you need more than that, please contact one of us. Our information is all over the place, but also on the, the flyers. <laughs> so I forgot to tell you, I, I told the first group, and many of you were here, but in case you weren't, the reason we have a rabbit meditating on the altar today because is... It's cute. Huh? Because it's cute. It's cute, yes. But this is also uh, the Lunar New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, this happens to be the year of the water rabbit. And I'm a rabbit. On the water rabbit. So it says the year of the rabbit represents peaceful, patient energy, which I thought was very 
uh, fortuitous for our topic today. The water element suggests tapping into wisdom and trusting instincts. Together, the water and the rabbit indicate focusing on relationships, diplomacy, and building bridges in professional and personal relationships. And so reading that, I thought this is just perfect for what we're about, not just today, but here in our community and in the greater community. So we have the rabbit to remind us, Happy Lunar New Year. <laughs> so let's go ahead and close. It's hard to see he's a water rabbit because he's sitting on his flippers. Right. <laughs> not sure what a water rabbit is. Stand and we are changing. Whole new life for you and me. Take your past and set it free and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace unfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, make it flow to you. Let joy renew you until we meet again. Love be Sunday. Join us next week where Mr. Gary French will be joining us for lots of good music. Right. And as a padre would say, and go in peace. <laughs>